welcome to episode 15 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares your stories about people who have changed your life for the better, who have helped you out, who have made you smile, who have lifted you up. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and I hope that you're hanging in, you're doing your best, you're continuing to move forward, and indeed finding reasons to smile. And as you know, I've been posting our fill-in-the-blanks for you all to respond to. I've been posting those on our Facebook page and on Instagram. And starting with this very episode, however, I thought it would be cool if in addition to those, I actually share one at the top of each episode. And then you can think about it and then call or email us with your thoughts, your stories. So here is a fill-in-the-blank for you. I've never had a chance to thank blank for blank, and I'd like to do so now. Thank you. And this, of course, can be from any chapter of your life. You know, it can be as long or as short a response as you'd like. I've never had a chance to thank blank for blank, and I'd like to do so now. Thank you. So... You know how to share it. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. 1-833-399-GOOD. Or email us. Yinsaregood at gmail.com. And I'd actually like to share with you now a quick little story about something that happened to me recently that definitely lifted me up and made me smile. This was right before Valentine's Day. Don and I received a card in the mail what? People still do that? They do. Bright red envelope. And it was fun to open up. It was Valentine. And inside was like an old fashioned looking Valentine, handmade with that white, you know, like that white doily paper cut into a heart with red construction paper behind it and different decorations. And it was to Don and me and saying that we were being thought of and hoping we were well and hoping that we were aware of how many different ways that we are loved. And this was from my aunt and uncle. And this was such a sweet, loving gesture. And it really did lift me up that day. And it is still on our refrigerator. So it lifts me up every time I read it. But it's just so very thoughtful. And it reminded me how important it is that we continue to reach out to each other and tell the people we love that we love them and how awesome they are <laughs> and what good people they are whenever we have the chance. And I think, too, it was also a reminder, you know, when we think, especially about Valentine's Day, that it, so often the focus is on romantic love. But for us not to forget on that day or any day, all of the different ways that we are loved by others all of those different types of relationships that we have with people. So I am so grateful to my aunt Inez and Uncle Dan for the beautiful card and all of the beautiful thoughts that came with that card on that day that are staying with me for all the days. So thank you. And now, what's coming up for all of you on this day? Well, we have some notes of gratitude for our healthcare workers. So 
we'll share a couple of those. Please keep those coming in, as I said, at any time. Uh, and also, we're actually looking for folks to share their stories about their best friends. Their furry best friends, that is. Oh, yeah, you heard me. We're talking about your pets, your fur babies, your whatever term of endearment you like to use. <laughs> and they don't actually have to have fur. Just want to make that disclaimer. But share your stories. You know, we're talking about all the different ways that we are loved and the loved ones we have in our lives. And for a lot of people, their pets are part of their family. So we're looking for you to share stories of times when your pet has changed your life or just stories about your pets, how much they mean to you, what's going on in their lives. And we have a couple of those to share with you as well. And a wonderful interview with Scott Pavlot of the Westview Hub, which is an incredible organization doing such good work. And I'm really excited for you to hear my chat with him. So that is coming up. And we have a new guest for Name That Neighborhood. It's true. Yvette gives it a shot uh, at our Pittsburgh Fun Fact Quiz. So you're going to hear how she did. And I think we're ready to dig into it. So without further ado, let's get to the good stuff. And we're starting with our thanks to our healthcare workers. Artie says, thank you, Catherine. Blessings and love for you and your family. And Joseph says, thank you. And he intended that for all of our healthcare workers. And as I mentioned, we're also asking you to share your stories about your beloved pets, much like these two listeners who shared these stories on our Facebook page and included photos. So I'm telling you right now, if you just want to press pause, go to Facebook or keep listening and also go to Facebook, to our Facebook page. You do not want to miss these pictures. Uh, they're also on our website as well. We will start collecting them there. So if you do share a story, make sure you put a picture there. If you're sharing it um, on Facebook or even if you send an email, attach a photo, it'll go to our website. So first we hear from Ricardo and he says, Evie the pug is 14 and now stone deaf. Between that and our being home all the time, she now has severe separation anxiety and freaks out if we leave the room because she can't hear us because all she wants to do is cuddle all the time. We just started giving her CBD treats to calm her. Keep your fingers crossed. And wait till you see the picture of adorable Evie the pug. Uh, we've got our fingers crossed. We do. We're sending love and good thoughts to her and to you. Carol says, this is bacon, porky, and Woody. Woody loved sleeping with our golden retriever, but after she passed, he started sleeping with the pigs from time to time. So you got to go look at this picture. It is, in fact, bacon and porky, two pigs, and Woody is their cat. And it is a picture of them all sleeping together. Adorable. Love it. To our healthcare workers, especially Catherine, to Evie the pug, and to Bacon, Porky, and Woody. <laughs> Ian's are good. 
if you're not familiar with the Westview Hub, get ready, because you're about to be. And first off, I actually want to thank Karen Cordaro, a listener and very good friend, who suggested that I reach out to Scott Pavlot at the Westview Hub to bring them on this show. And I am so, so grateful. So thank you, Karen. And just a brief overview before we launch into my chat with Scott. So the Westview Hub is a one-stop hub for the community. In addition to many other resources, they supply a library with computers and internet access, a food pantry, a counseling center, so much more, and you're about to hear all about it. So here is my interview with Scott Pavlot, Executive Director of the Westview Hub. Hello, Scott. Hello, Tressa. How are you? All right. Good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you as well. Do you, do you want to start by uh, telling our listeners what the mission is of the Westview Hub? Sure. So the mission is really to help underserved communities regain and retain their vibrancy as a counter effect to poverty, declining business communities, and changing demographics. We do this by creating hubs, or you can think of it as a center that provides specialized programs based on the unique needs as defined by the community. You know, I've been a Pittsburgh native. Yeah, I'm a Pittsburgh native. Been living in the North Hills my entire life. I grew up on the edge of Westview and um, had a career in technology, technology sales, and was given the opportunity to uh, retire early, which I did. I took that opportunity and decided to put my life in a totally different direction. And by doing this type of work, while it doesn't financially give me the rewards that I was accustomed to, it gives me much greater rewards in terms of satisfaction and um, peace in my life, really. I mean, this is something that I really feel called and driven to do. Whereas before, you know, a job was just a means to an end, right? It's interesting. I have a daughter who's into yoga, and she told me that a lot of yogis will tell you that when you hit 60, you begin what they call your second, what you call you know, the second life. And this really is my second life. It's, it's a new endeavor for me, and it's been great so far. Hmm. There are so many programs that you all are doing. Um, are there any in particular that you want to share with us? I know that you had mentioned to me earlier about the Pass the Class initiative. Well, so you know, when we designed the Westview Hub, you know, you know, we looked at the most immediate need or one of the most pressing needs or better way to say is, you know, what's missing in the community. And the one thing that stood out that was missing was a library. Yeah, you know, Westview has a diminished tax base for a number of reasons. Um, when you look at their population density, it's about 2,200 times greater than the average density in the state of Pennsylvania. So you have a lot of people living in a very small area, small community, and that puts a strain on resources. Couple that with a business district that sits between 30 and 40% empty at any point in time. You really have even fewer resources to pull from. And so the community didn't have a library, really couldn't fully participate in neighboring libraries because they can't pay into the system. So we decided to put a library in place. And with that library, we have traditional services, book clubs. You know, we have, um, we've evolved to the point where we offer tutoring and children's programs and technology lessons for folks that don't have access to computers or understand them. 
And I should point out mm -hmm. that um, technology has been an issue in Westview right now. The number we heard was about 30 to 35% of the families did not have computers or access to the internet. So we put in, we, we by the way, we took an old bank and renovated it and we left the unique architectural features. So you walk in, you can tell it was a bank, but it's a library. Uh, the vault, for example, is a kid's reading room. The teller windows have computer workstations. And so folks can come in and they're perfectly situated. Actually, they're perfect for distancing today because you have about six feet between individuals with little side barriers like the tellers had. We left all that in place. So folks can sit at their computer and, um, you know, do what they need to do. We have a print, we have print services and what have you. But in terms of programs, Pass the Class is one that we're embarking on right now. And that's really aimed at helping students that are struggling during the pandemic to get through their academic year. Uh, there's an unprecedented number this year in terms of at risk for failure. And, and you know, that number, I'll put it anywhere between 25 and 40 percent based on the data that I've seen and the reports that I've heard. So when you look at that across the school district, you, know, you have kids that were historically good students, but for whatever reason are struggling today. So we've designed a program that, that circles the student with resources from the school, resources from the hub, resource, you know, counseling resources if needed. And we also include the family, the caregivers, and we make sure that they have, that nutritional needs are being met we make sure that communication between the family and the student are consistent in terms of understanding scheduling and understanding technology. One of the things we're finding is that a lot of the parents aren't aware of the uh, resources that are available to the student. And in some cases, the students aren't either because they kind of get thrown out into the cloud or thrown into you know, the, the netherworld. And, they're, for whatever reason, they're not accessing them. So we're going to bring those into focus for the families and the student and then surround them with tutoring and on-site nutritional guidance and nutrition if they need it, family guidance. So it's a pretty comprehensive program, but no two students are the same. So everyone will have their own individual roadmap to success. And hopefully, as they go through this, we'll see improvement and they'll be able to pass the class. Real simple, you just go to westviewhub.org and uh, you'll find our website and you can click through it. We're in a process of revamping the website. It wasn't, I wasn't real happy with the format we chose when we set this up. And you have to understand, we set this up, you know, we, we, we put the hub together and, you know, basically on a shoestring and we're learning as we go. Uh, the current web design that we have isn't the best, but if you take the time to go through it, you'll find everything we're doing. And we have just, we, despite the, the uh, pandemic, we still have a lot of programs. We have Girls Who Code. We have, you know, yoga and online fitness, um, you know, different book clubs. We, we even have a knitting club. We have Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, we do all kinds of things. And now that we're starting to loosen up a little, we're doing things on site. We have Girl Scouts that are using the facility regularly. We'll be doing the tutoring for Pass the Class on site. So we're looking forward to things opening up and getting back to, you know, some normalcy in terms of our programming. But... I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that we were able to kind of rise above the pandemic and continue to be impactful within the community. Absolutely. I mean, that in itself is such an accomplishment. And I, so two things, first, I wanted to say with all of the work that you're doing, I think anyone will forgive you if you don't think that your website is <laughs> as stellar as you'd like it to be. Oh my goodness. 
the work that you're doing is just incredible. And when you mentioned Girls Who Code. The Girls Who Code, that's a national program. And okay. um, we're fortunate to be able to participate. And the girls to get them into, you know, those technology roles. And, and right hand in hand with that, we do have a pretty robust STEAM offering as well. Uh, different, we, we do STEAM kits pretty much on a regular basis, maybe once or twice a month, where you know, any child can come down, pick up a kit, take it home, get on a Zoom call with a leader from the hub and go through the experiment. And uh, those have been very successful. We're also doing online cooking where people will pick up ingredient kits, go home and participate in a master class or maybe I shouldn't say a master class, but <laughs> a cooking class <laughs> online where, yeah, they can take their ingredients and learn how to cook a meal for four. Yeah, that kind of thing makes it fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know what else I wanted to mention when you were talking about the, the fact that you are in a former bank mm -hmm. and that's such, I mean, I think such a Pittsburgh thing that part of it is, you know, whenever we can reuse keeping that building and just turning it into what it can be now. Yeah, the vault, yeah, we, we, we left one of the uh, banks of safe deposit boxes and we have the keys. And what we do when a child has a birthday, they come in on their birthday, they pick a key from a box we have the master key. We go in together, we open the box, and we've got them preloaded with birthday gifts. So you have somebody coming in, it's a big deal. They come in, they get their picture taken, they open a box and there some toys and maybe a gift card. And it just makes it kind of special. I, I like to think of the hub on a bicycle wheel. There's a lot of spokes coming off and the spokes support the wheel and, and allow the, the wheel to rotate. In our case, the library, you know, we're the hub. We have the library, but we have a lot of spokes. And these include organizations like North Hills Community Outreach, North Hills Cares, Allegheny County Library Association, Westview Police, Wounded Warrior Project, uh, Veterans Leadership Pro Project, Berkeley Hills Lutheran Church, Steel City Shakespeare, 20 or 30 solid partners that work with us. Um, in one area in particular that we didn't touch on uh, is a food pantry. We started a little food pantry as one of our spokes because again, the idea is you walk into the hub, it's a library, but if you have any needs, if there's any individual or family that needs help in any area, we're going to strive to find them that help. And we realized that food insecurity was an issue in the community. So we put in a food pantry. And this time last year, we were serving about 25 residents per week. We've seen that number increase depending on the week from anywhere to 400 to 700 residents per week. And so what we've done is we actually took over a... Uh, bakery storeroom that had closed and it made that into a full-time pantry next to the hub so in addition to the hub we also now run a pantry and you know we get a lot of support from whole foods for example one of our very good partners you know everything we do we try to do respectfully and discreetly so people don't feel like they're being called out because they have need you know the attitude is more like hey we're all in the barrel at one point or another you know we all have needs and you know how can we help now we're looking for tutors. If anybody out there is interested in tutoring, please give us a call. Or you can even hit me up directly. My email's westviewhub at gmail.com. And yeah, just send me an email saying, I heard the podcast and I'd like to tutor. We have a coordinator that'll get in touch with you and sign you up. The one word that keeps popping up in my mind is providence. You know, when doors open, you know, you know God puts good things in your path or other things come into your path that are positive and give a project life and momentum. And that's what this has been. You know, I've, you know, I've been involved. I started it, but 
I'm not the one that keeps it going. It's the volunteers. It's the good things that happen around us. And it just tells me that we are definitely in the right place at the right time. And I know in my heart, we're making a difference. And it's a wonderful, it's, it's just a wonderful feeling. And it's just been a phenomenal project. All right, so here we are. Yvette, welcome to Name That Neighborhood. Hello. Hello. We're happy to have you as only our second guest who has not been my husband, Don. This is very exciting. <laughs> um, so first, before we get started, do you just um, want to tell us a little about yourself or just even where what neighborhood you hail from here in the Berg? Um, I just moved to Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. I lived... Denver, Maryland, you can see Minnesota. I've lived in a lot of places, um, but I moved here from Denver two years ago and um, I lived in Dormont for about a year and now I live in Morningside. Ah, welcome. Two years. That's good. And are you enjoying your time here? Yeah, it's really pretty. There's a lot of bridges, rivers, you know, it's really scenic. <laughs> Different changes in elevation. I love it. I love actually that you've only been here a couple of years and you're going to give this a shot. Here's what's going to happen. <clears throat> I have four uh, statements of fact <laughs> for you. And the two neighborhoods that you're choosing from are Westview and Emsworth. Ooh, Westview and Emsworth. Are you ready? Yes. Number one. In 1906, an amusement park opened in this neighborhood and remained there until 1977. Westview. You're correct and very quick on that. You were very certain about that. Nicely done. I really like the neighborhoods here. So I've been, you know, I try to, I try to get around. That's awesome. So yeah, Westview Park. So It opened on May 23rd, 1906, was owned by T.M. Harton Company of Pittsburgh. So Mr. Harton was a native Pittsburgher, and he worked on the Ferris wheel at the World Columbian Exposition in Chicago, and that inspired him to create his own amusement park rides. And so when the park opened, it had a carousel, uh, a mill chute ride called the Mystic Chute, um, a figure eight roller coaster, There was also a pony track where folks could, as you might assume, ride ponies. Um, But the track also featured miniature automobiles. Now, when it opened, there was actually a lot of disapproval from a lot of uh, the citizens of the town, especially because it was open on Sundays. And so it it brought these, you know, big crowds, noisy people out to what was this very quiet suburb. And even some people wanted the park to be closed altogether. compromises were a, were uh, able to be made and uh, one of the agreements was that two of the most popular or the most popular rides the roller coaster and the flying horse by that time they would only be in operation on alternate Sundays so only one of them would run at any given time on a Sunday there were other many other attractions that would close on Sundays as well they even changed up the music usually they had, I guess, a more kind of raucous music that was being played, and they, they swapped that out for piano music on Sundays. And then, of course, eventually more roller coasters were added. There was a dance hall 
which is a pretty famous uh, called Dance Land. The Rolling Stones actually performed there. And so, yeah, overall, it operated for 71 seasons. It closed in 1977. Cool. Westview Park. Oh, my gosh. You're off to a great start. Let's, let's go for number two, shall we? This neighborhood might be best known locally for its dam located on the Ohio River. Emsworth. Ding, ding, ding. Emsworth. Excellent work, Yvette. It is true. So... The Emsworth Dam, little info here about it. So it has two gated sections, um, one on each side of Neville Island. And the dam was actually built to replace two dams, the da Davis Island and the Neville Island dams. And construction began on the Emsworth Dam in 1919 and was finished by 1921. The locks were first opened in September 1921. Two for two. Let's keep rolling, shall we? Number three. During the first half of the 20th century, this neighborhood was home to the Haller Baking Company, whose motto was Oven to Home. Um, there's a lot of bakeries here <laughs> and a lot of baking <laughs> I <know>. companies. Um, <laughs> I know. Emsworth? Well done. There are a lot of bakeries. Yes. Um, yes, Emsworth, indeed. So <clears throat> the Haller Baking Company was incorporated in 1907, and it provided fresh baked goods directly from their bakery to people's homes, rather than, of course, distributing them through grocery stores. And the name of their home delivery service was Hallerman. And uh, initially, these goods were delivered by wagons and then eventually by trucks. And that motto, oven to home, was actually written on their building. Um, and some of their patented bread trademarks were butter crust with a K, Big Dandy, Pan Dandy, Vienna, and Butternut. And in 1931, they started promoting a new bread called Howler's Oliver Twist, a Dickens of a good loaf. <laughs> They're so clever. This, so then in later years, uh, the building went on to become the home of Male Brothers Furniture Company. That was mid 20th century. And now still standing, it is home to Cap Communications. So there you have it. I love that. I love the names of their breads. Yeah. That's great. Number four already. It's flying by. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Let's give it a whirl. All right. On their way to the Pittsburgh Stockyards, drovers from northern PA counties would often stop at the Keating Hotel and Tavern in this neighborhood. Now, I'm just going to ask a follow-up. Do you, do you know what a drover is? No. What drovers are? Because I, okay, I did not. <laughs> I had to look it up and I thought, you know, but I thought you might know. Okay. Drovers are basically the people who drive cattle or sheep. So these people who were making their way, driving cattle, driving sheep from Northern PA to the Pittsburgh uh, stockyards would often stop at this uh, hotel and tavern in this neighborhood. Uh, I'm just gonna guess on this one, just thinking about like where they're located and where they might've been driving to um, Westview. Yes! yes! Oh my gosh, we have a perfect score. 
We have a perfect score, ladies and gentlemen. I'm applauding. You can hear me applauding. Thanks. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. So, Westview. So, the Keating Hotel and Tavern was built around 1870. And, and this was so interesting to me. So, it had a large fenced-in enclosure in which to pen these herds of cattle and sheep and hogs that were being driven. And this was uh, very common, apparently. There were many, many inns and taverns at this time, and many of them had the same thing because there were so many drovers coming through. And so the drovers would stop in, obviously for a meal or sometimes to stay the night uh, if they needed to. But this uh, Keating Hotel and Tavern apparently was the most famous one in the area. It was run by Joe Keating. And apparently his chicken and waffle suppers were just known far and wide. So people would come for that. Um, and this was also a place where the leading men and women of Pittsburgh would come to dine, uh, including Andrew Carnegie and Henry Frick. So that is the Keating Hotel and Tavern once in Westview. Yvette, how do you feel four for four? Um, pretty good. I learned some extra <laughs> facts today, too. Yeah, you. I'm applauding again. Love it. And, and again, just thank you so much for reaching out and coming on to join us. Yeah, thanks. This was cool. I, I'm glad that um, you do this on your podcast. I think everybody can learn from it. And on that positive note, we will conclude this, our 15th episode of Yins Are Good. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you for your support of Yins Are Good and for sharing your time and your stories with us. Until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to Karen Cordaro, Yvette, and for our most fabulous artwork, Mike Rubino.